frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. It's that thing when you're with someone and you love them and they know it. And they love you and you know it. But it's a party. And you're both talking to other people and you're laughing and shining. And you look across the room and catch each other's eyes. But... But not because you're possessive or it's precisely sexual, but because that is your person in this life. And it's funny and sad, but only because this life will end. And it's this secret world that exists right there in public, unnoticed, that no one else knows about. It's sort of like how they say that other dimension exists all around us, but we don't have the ability to perceive them. That's, that's what I want out of a relationship. Or just life, I guess. Ahoy, sexy! And welcome to Film Mojo Dojo Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. And I'm the same person, but with different hair. <laughs> and we're here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. And this week, I picked kind of two movies. Uh, Francis Ha from 2012 and the billion dollar box office sensation Barbie from this year, 2023. Um, of course, if you want to find out what we're going to be talking about next Sunday, uh, you got to wait till the end of the episode where Lewis is going to reveal it because it'll be his pick. Um, get ready for a fun episode, y'all. It's going to be all about Greta Gerwig today. Um, Thanks to everybody who's been listening to the show and uh, following our podcast. Episode 91. What? In the 90s. I know, that's crazy. Yeah. Close to 100. It's so wild. Um, I should be wearing parachute pants. <laughs> Is that the 80s? <laughs> I'm always late. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course... Um, if you want to, if you like the show and you want to share it with other people, tell them filmchurchradio.com. That's where you can find all the podcast platforms. And, uh, you know, we might be expanding that website hopefully soon. Been talking about it. Um, and social media at Film Church Radio. See all our little clips. Give us a, give us a share if yeah. you want or don't just listen. Yeah. That's cool too. <laughs> so the way the show works is we have our hymn section slash you know trailer section where we discuss other films besides the main feature and then we have a feature presentation which is francis ha but um normally in this sec like our trailer section lewis and i will talk about um other films just random movies we've been watching throughout the week but we're just going to be talking about barbie and other Greta Gerwig movies before yeah. we talk about Francis Ha. So, um, Barbie, 2023, huge sensation. Um, you and I have briefly talked about it uh, yeah. when we saw each other a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, what, where, what do you? What was your reaction to the movie? I mean, I'm sure you knew it was going to yeah. be great. I know you're a huge Greta Gerwig fan, and like Lady Bird is like one of your favorite movies. 
Um, so like what did Barbie meet your expectations? It did. It was, it's been on my to watch list since it was pretty much announced because it just sounds like the most insane mock up ever, you know? Yeah. This person that's come kind of from indie films and is growing as a filmmaker and, and putting out some seriously impressive work, then being signed to do a Barbie movie with the biggest actress in the world, biggest star, pretty yeah. much. Um, it was it's bizarre. It yeah. felt really weird, but then as soon as you see it, I feel like everything makes sense. It's the yeah. kind of it's the only way that this story can be told in. A sensitive and interesting way, I I think. I think yeah. any. I think with other people, it could have become what like just bland and boring and like yeah, the same exactly. kind of film we've already seen. Yeah, um, but it's so much more than that, and the audiences are agreeing. I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, they attack everyone. <laughs> in this yeah. movie like nobody is left you know protected from criticism in this film including Mattel including yeah. the lady who uh created Barbie yeah um they you know they even have a a joke about her like tax evasion um <laughs> in the movie and uh yeah i mean it was you know i mean the stroke of genius here I mean, I, I, I actually don't know the story behind uh, the way this film was made, but my hunch is Mattel came to Margot Robbie because she was the obvious choice. Yeah. And Margot Robbie was like, well, if I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it my way. And I want Greta Gerwig. Yeah. And that, you know, that was the stroke of genius was like taking uh, a huge, you know, well-known thing like Barbie and having a, an actual uh, interesting artist create something out of it. Yeah. You know, somebody with something to say, exactly. not just somebody who yeah. was just going to make a cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. And I think but that it's, it's, it's a very, like, it's a great tightrope because it's not all my, I don't know. There's, there's also, there's just so much being said in this film. And I think that like the more you watch it, the more these things stick out. You know, it's not like a and it's not blaming Barbie for representation of women. Sometimes it kind of sticks up for the doll and like it's just a toy. <laughs> you know, yeah, we put a lot yeah. of like pressure on this doll to to fix you know. Um, well and to just rights. represent women. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. And then yeah. It's like but yeah, it's just it can't yeah. can't be all that. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean the first time I watched it, I, I think you know, it's hard as a a film like someone who's really into film and it's so hard to be so into film. Yeah. <laughs> <So hard. laughs> Such a hard life. <laughs> uh just watching movies all the time. Yeah. Um <laughs> No, like, uh, but just as a filmmaker and as a film person, I'm constantly just hypercritical, I think. And it's hard to let go of that stuff sometimes, especially like when you're going into a movie like Barbie, 
where there's already so many people saying so many things and having so many opinions um, to just sit back and enjoy it and not like just completely be dissecting it the whole time I'm watching it. So, you know, the first time I saw it, I kind of came away from it like that was really I know that was really good, but. I mean, I didn't like connect with it necessarily yeah. on a personal level, and I kind of realized like, oh, this is probably how a lot of um, people who aren't white and male feel. Yeah, and all a these other the movies yeah. coming out, like, oh, I wasn't represented in that movie. Yeah, um, you know, but I think uh, you know, watching it the second time, I enjoyed it a lot more. You know, enjoyed it from. Um, I mean, it's just a fun, funny movie. Yeah. It also is saying a lot. And it's also like, uh, you know, I think it's good for someone like me to kind of have that, have some of those realizations. Like, um, I mean, it's cool to see like a big movie like this not have yeah. <laughs> me in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of a thing. Like, yeah. Um, it's cool that the, like movies like this are going to be successful now, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. that, that's what people are wanting and they don't just want your basic, um, plot of, yeah. you know, blockbuster sensations or whatever. They want something yeah. that's actually saying something and, and representing something real. I mean, it's still satirical, of course, but like, um, but real at the same time, and I think that's why it works. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the character of that Will Ferrell plays is is so Will Ferrell. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah. it, it's not like <laughs> a ver- like it's not like Will Ferrell doing something we've never seen before. But yeah. in the context of this movie, it really, really works because, um, like, like people in power are like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like just and so feel- disconnected and like like the part where he's, <laughs> I get, I forget what it. Oh, I think she she makes a joke about Ken whenever Barbie is like in the office with the CEO. Yeah. She makes some kind of joke and then when Will Ferrell is just like tapping his bros, he's like laughing. He's like laughing with everyone. He's like tap making sure he's tapping all of his bros. Like that's so real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think that that is a genius part of casting. Um, just because you know our generation, especially, and I think that's that's who this film is aimed at. I know that it's you know being a Barbie movie is kind of everyone, but our generation especially will gravitate towards it. Um, but we grew up with Elf, so Will Ferrell is always going to be the like lovable, silly doofus, you know? Yeah. And him, I mean, I know that's the role he's played quite a lot, but um, putting him in this role means that that CEO never becomes like evil. He's just a joke, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And, you know, he's still warm to him when he's on screen. You're like, oh, cool. He's back yeah, you know? yeah. He's because he's still lovable, right? Mm, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's gonna it's it's so easy to hate a character like that because yeah. you know. Well, you could write him into being like a, you know, hand rubbing villain that's just yeah. there to, for the you know, for money. But thankfully, it's it's not quite that. 
Yeah, because even I guess even with all of the, uh, you know, like I said, this movie takes shots at everybody. But even with that, does this movie really have a villain? I mean, it's just I mean masculinity, isn't it? It's the yeah. It's you know the that's the main villain is the corruption of these. The brainwashing, yeah. The I guess the brainwashing of just sticking to one like ideal, yeah, way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because even Ken is like you know, sort of an antagonist, but then, you know, it's a it's about his journey too of self discovery and like yeah, you know, I am Kenuff. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I I do love like, and and we'll probably talk about this with Francis Ha as well. But like, the the Kubrick references, like the whole opening of the film, is just straight up two thousand one Space Odyssey. It is, which is amazing. I really kind of wish that I just had not seen any of the trailers or anything about this movie before going into it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Because I think I would have like been able to enjoy those parts of it in the moment, seeing it for the first time. You know, not that I didn't enjoy it at the theater, but it was like, you know, the whole opening sequence was in the trailer. Yes. You know, and it's like brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. The. Uh, so there's that, and then there's the whole shining reference. Mm-hmm. You know, we're shining, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, of course, is also in Francis Ha, which we'll talk yeah. about. But, but yeah, obviously, somebody loves the shining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know, again, we'll talk about this with Francis Ha, but Baumbach and Gerwig are both kind of, you know, New York is part of their film past. Yeah. It was for Kubrick. You know, he was a, a kid from New York that started making films in New York. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure there's a lot of overlap in terms of references. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's just the perfect way to start a movie because it just appealed to everyone. You know? Yeah. It was like, it was kind of short enough so people that didn't really get it or didn't know what it was from, it wouldn't interfere in the rest of the movie. But it was, you know, for the. For the film community, it was like, cool. I yeah. know exactly what this film is going to be about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, I also, I mean, there's obviously like some Matrix references with the like shoes. Uh, yeah. Which was great, like choosing with shoe. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I really felt like the part with Ruth. I I was just getting very Matrixy vibes, like because mm-hmm. she's running through the Mattel building, and then she. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen the Matrix, I forget, but. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll understand what I mean yeah. when we watch yeah. the Matrix movies. But <laughs> the the part, you know, because she's running through the building and she goes into a room, and then Ruth is in there, and she's sort of like an oracle, yeah, almost. Um, so that that was a lot of Matrix vibes. Nice, um, but. Um, a couple of other references that I loved were the was the BBC Pride and Prejudice 
mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> section, which I rewatched earlier this year. Um, yeah. Like my sister is obsessed, and Sarah, honestly, as well, my girlfriend. Um, and uh, yeah, that was amazing. And then just like the weird little uh, Barbies that come in at the end, where they're they're you find out that these were actual Barbies, like Sugar Daddy yeah. Ken, and the, the <laughs> yeah. Barbie with the TV on her back. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like what. <laughs> and like Mattel's way of getting around it being an actual sugar daddy is like, no, this this puppy is was it a puppy or a cat? I think it was a. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to but take maybe, a closer look. Yeah. But it was like a little like pet. Yeah, and named Sugar. Yeah, and he's like, and I'm his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Zack Snyder cut. Yes. reference. Yeah, like just such a. I mean, again, it goes back to that like thing of obsessing over one, yeah, thing, and mm. it being, it being life, it being the only thing you, um, can subscribe to, and everyone else is wrong. Yeah, that was a weird period in history. The Just, cut. yeah, like the whole, you know, and they got what they wanted, which is yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, because that wouldn't, ne- I mean, that has never happened before. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, the just how self aware of like the film industry as a whole as well. Um, yeah. Because a lot of, you know, there's a lot, there was a lot of expectations for this movie. And, you know, even probably in the writing process, they were semi aware of it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, I assume that it was probably never talked about making it into a, into a franchise, but that's the way everything else is gonna. You've got to be silly not to think that that would be where they Are would you, want to go with Barbie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even in the writing process, you can see that they're just kind of like. Well, yeah, I was, I it. was, I was thinking that too. It's like, you know, it, it's a really great film, and you almost don't want to touch it by making a sequel. But, um, I mean, that's leaving a lot of money on the table. And yeah, with yeah. the way that it ends, spoilers. I mean, I you know obviously yeah. there's been a billion spoilers, uh. But with the way that it ends, you know, Barbie going to the real world, you could just leave her in the real world, go back to Barbie Land, and it'd be about a different Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it not even be Margot Robbie. And well, I was gonna say, I don't think that the two stars, three stars, including Ryan Gosling, I don't think any of them would come back. Yeah, I mean Margot and uh, Greta Gerwig, I can see coming back as producers. Margot especially, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's like, I guess if you, you know, you had Margot Robbie as a producer again, and then found another interesting filmmaker to take to take the reins on the next yeah. one then, then yeah. it could it could potentially be good but you know i think the th- where they went right with this film was um putting it in greta gerwig's hands and letting her go with it and not cutting back you know not cutting back and all of the yeah um not pulling any punches i guess yeah you know yeah um 
And uh, I mean, I, I guess the only thing that I've heard about that they didn't like was the F bomb, and then they just put the Mattel logo over it. <laughs> yeah, which makes it, you know, <laughs> it makes it even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah i mean they joke around about like a ken movie Mm. in in the movie you know what i mean um so that could be something Um, yeah yeah i mean they're they're definitely going to try and milk it a little bit more oh um, yeah without a doubt because Um, most people don't know like I, I don't I think most people aren't following like who directs movies like you know like we yeah. do. I'm you sure know, yeah, it's I'm just sure gonna if be you... Barbie two and they're gonna be like, Yeah, Barbie two. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. they don't really pay attention to And I'm sure like the because the amount of people that have gone to see this they'll be just, you know, the very casual moviegoers. And I can imagine them being like, Yeah, I hope they make a sequel. I hope they make another one. That was fun. Yeah. You know, which seems yeah. to be kind of like a g- generic phrase for I, w- I wanna see more of that um yeah which you know could mean anything could mean the director themselves could mean the film but yeah i think that we're definitely going to see a whole wide variety of continuation of barbie movies yeah um but i mean there's already been like a ton of like animated barbie movies yeah right not to say that they hold a candle to this and should be (laughs) in the same way but i mean they it's not new for Mattel to be you know flogging this horse <laughs> yeah so well and they're talking about you know making movies out of their other properties too um, yeah I know I saw that the I think today that they that Mattel have now got like a whole entertainment part of their corporate structure and they're looking at like Play-Doh Mattel movies is gonna and, be the oh my god yeah I know so. Uh, I mean, Lego Movie did well. It did, yeah. But you know, can can Plato live up to the hype? <laughs> <laughs> can it live up to the hype? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the to the legend of Plato. <laughs> um, yeah, I was also thinking about, uh, I mean, Michael Keaton's portrayal of Ken in Toy Story. Is yeah, pretty great too. Yeah, it is great. But when you come out of this, like it's, I, I thought about that too, um, and I did find it. And I know that he's like the butt of mo- most of the jokes, but compared to Barbie, he is the stand. Like he's the main character in the Toy Story movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like Barbie's there is like the one he's been looking for, you know. Yeah. As opposed to like she's the kind of she's the lead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's this the the good thing about this is it kind of had me questioning a lot of um representation before this. You know, as someone that I think is very liberal minded and, and looks at things on all sides as much as possible, this still did kind of give me food for thought, which is great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean I was just thinking just now like uh, and I don't know if this is this could this might be a criticism of the movie. Um, but just the, yes, I think this was the right way to make this movie Yeah, to to actually do something good with it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's still Mattel. 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. still the corporation. They're going to sell. It's still a product of yeah. the corporation, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that like corporations nowadays have to position themselves in a manner where they where it's like the corporation has morals. Mm-hmm. Um and that's more important like what the corporation is saying, you know, what the corporation is putting out um and what the corporation stands for and stands with you know, we stand with this group or this and that. Um it's like well a corporation is not a real entity. No. <laughs> it's like a no. corporation is just made up of people. Um and you know, it's like it's like the corporation's morals are more important than like it's like, well, what do the actual CEOs and people that work for the company believe? Yeah. You know, because they're not necessarily the public face of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure um you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say that the people that work for Mattel and the CEO of Mattel is corrupt because I have no idea who that person is or who those people are. But I mean, I'm sure they're ecstatic right now about how much money they're making. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, I just hope that those people are actually going to do something good with all this money. Yeah, and not just be like, let's make Barbie too. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think that um, there's obviously there's a lot there to kind of to unpack. I mean, the the fact that the yeah, this film is was designed and conceived to sell Barbies, um, as was Transformers, as was. Probably the film Battleships. I don't know if that was their end goal. Star Wars, honestly. Star Wars, yeah. Like you look back, merchandise tie in has been become a huge part of um, new release cinema. And this is like a great way. The the important thing to take away is that, yeah, it's going to sell product for Mattel and they're going to make money off it. But is it saying something very important that needs to be said at the same time? Yes, it is. Is it using that platform to, to present? A different kind of story, a hundred percent is, and yeah. that's what's important. It's not just a Michael Bay, like look how cool Transformers are beating each other up. You mm-hmm. can buy them. It's actually like a, a import. It feels it feels kind of like a dissertation on the, like or a thesis on the on role the product of Barbie. Of Barbie. Yeah. yeah, within our society. Yeah, um, which works. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's, I guess the ironic thing that, that works for this movie, or I guess that's the ironic thing is that, you know, you have to actually criticize the product itself and open it up and like actually look at it from all the different angles for it to, to make a billion dollars. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know, I know, I know. Like, this movie is going to be talked about for generations and for, you know, like it's going to go down in film history. It is. And that's incredible. I mean, we'll get on to the kind of the performance of it in just a sec, but I've seen a lot of kind of 
criticism, especially now that it's been out for nearly a month. Uh, you know, like oh, I've seen you know hordes of females kind of going into the going into the screening wearing pink. Is this the you know the role of women that we want to be presenting? Blah blah blah. Like Ryan Gosling steals the show in a film that should be about women. Blah blah. And it's like, uh, does you, he? I, uh, what that? I mean, I, that's the kind of stuff I've read. But I feel it's not. It's people are just looking for any excuse to kind of bring this down. Yeah, exactly. You know, it is a a billion dollar movie at the box office directed by a woman. Um, And it's now, I think, Warner Brothers highest ever grossing film. That is wild. And I don't think that's I don't think that is adjusted for inflation. I mean, it can't. Well, probably. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it overtook. Was it Dark Knight Rises? recently today yesterday maybe i think so, so yeah i saw something I mean, about that it's a staggering achievement and it it means now that even more so goa can just write her check for whatever she wants to write next or write next or act in next you know yeah exactly yeah um, which um, is very exciting yeah man i mean and like in terms of uh ryan gosling stealing the show i mean he is incredible in the movie yeah. you know he's awesome and not to take anything away from him but if ryan gosling stills the show so does kate mckinnon like yeah. so does everyone yeah. else in the movie yeah. um, the person that i don't think is being talked about enough that i thought did a really like you know the soul of the movie was america fiera yeah who which which character was she oh she, she's the mom right yes yeah correct yeah she has the the all-important monologue you know, yes. Nearly yeah. got me where kind she... of out of my seat, whooping and fist pumping. So yeah, where she's talking about you know everything. It's never good enough. Has to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's awesome in the movie. She is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I think it's across the board. It's a strong cast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, and Margot Robbie is perfect. She is as Barbie. Yeah, she, yeah you know, she is. like her mm-hmm. acting ability is. Like she's amazing. Like mm-hmm. she's not just beautiful. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. she is one of the greatest living actresses. And I think it's very smart because she doesn't I mean, as an actress, you know, she she is the main thing of the movie, but she's not who you kind of gravitate towards within the film. Yeah. You know, it's kind of her journey, but the other character the supporting characters are the ones that have more to say, and I think that's very um, telltale of who she was as like a producer and stuff like that. Is that she can let the other characters shine and yeah. know that her place is kind of to just move the story along for the majority right. of the film. Yeah, yeah, she's not she's not a star who's like selfish in that way. Yeah, I mean, like that speech we were just talking about, it would have been so easy for the producer to be like, actually, I think I should say that. I think yeah. I should have this kind of. The, the huge moment but it's you know it, it's generic it, it feels natural it comes from someone that lives in the real world so yeah go white savior barbie that's right <laughs> <laughs> um what else about barbie it's just great i think it's going to go down as um maybe not one of the the you know the greatest movies of all time but certainly a film for film history. 
Well, yeah, one of the greatest satires, probably. Mm-hmm. I would assume yeah. it's it's going to be analyzed in that way. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking about kind of Mel Brooks and stuff while I was watching it the second time. Yeah. And his satires on America and stuff. Yeah. Um, Blazing Saddles kind of <laughs> reminded me of that a little bit. Just Yeah. And I don't know, just in terms of... Uh, just a smash hit yeah. satire, I guess. Yeah. You know? This is the year of Barbie. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally. Yeah. I haven't even seen Oppenheimer yet, bro. Me neither. I can't believe it. I know. I do want to catch it in the, th- um, in the cinema, though. Yeah. So, Same. Yeah. Um, well, I'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be there for a while. That bomb will keep taking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Barbie is great. Um, Greta Gerwig is great. Uh, I was going to say, like, John Cena popping up was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but after watching it the second time, I was like, I guess it kind of makes sense because, like, yeah. it, it's more of a commentary on, like, every bro movie has John Cena in it. And it, yeah. once I get back to uh, Barbie Land and it's been taken over by Ken, yeah. John Cena's there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like John Cena is kind of like the the Ken version of the ideal man. Not saying that he's not, because he's obviously like, you know, very fit and very funny as well. Um, but it's kind of like, yeah, John Cena is the man that I think, you know, like the guy that played guitar at you would be like he's my guy yeah 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 you yeah i feel that yeah because he's yeah he's a man because he's a man yeah yeah and he's like pretty vanilla (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you know um yeah chelsea saw him in london once and said that it was a little bit strange she saw him kind of i don't know whether some kind of um like royal house or something she was like looking around and he had like um his girlfriend i think with him and then like a manager and they was they left him for a moment and he just sat on a table and stared straight ahead for like five minutes until they came back what (laughs) he's a robot dude yeah he just kind of powered down for a minute and just stared straight ahead and then they came back and he was like okay let's go (laughs) weird very weird, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. It's just, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, you know, I've seen clips of him on talk shows, and he's great with fans, and you know, yeah, he's awesome. But maybe he's, yeah. uh, I don't know, AI generated or something. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't see me because I'm not actually real. I'm created by AI. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Barbie was sublime. <laughs> yeah it was great I'm looking forward to seeing it again like, unlike you I've only seen it the once I know that it's coming to streaming on September the 5th which is at, when know, this episode so... goes out in like a week maybe yeah. so yeah, I'm looking forward to settling down and watching it's it it's so again. quick I know yeah I mean it's still doing good business at the box office you know it's still taking um, like I don't know the domestic like a couple of grand Six grand a day. So, oh no. 
That's no, I'm, I'm doing it wrong. I don't know, but it's still taking a lot of money at the box office. So yeah, and still in like over four thousand theaters as well. Yeah, my uh, brother-in-law was talking about that, and he was saying that it might just have been a contractual thing of like yeah, after so many weeks, it's going to go to streaming, but potentially yeah i mean it is warner brothers and they did have that thing with hbo right where they did the simultaneous releases yeah so i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised but i mean oppenheim is still doing you know a little bit less business but still in more cinemas than when it originally opened so people wow. say that as well yeah nice which is great the movies are back thank you they're back baby Thank you for Queen, a moment, Queen Gerwig. Do what? Thank you, Queen Gerwig. You oh, I thought us. you said Green Gerwig. <laughs> <laughs> Print money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you ready for the next thing? Yeah, let's um, switch lanes completely and talk about something completely unrelated. All right, it's time for our feature presentation. Francis Ha, 2012, an aspiring dancer moves to New York City and becomes caught up in a whirlwind of lightly fair weather friends, diminishing fortunes, and career setbacks. Uh, I said flightly, and it's flighty I was like flightly what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh I had seen this movie you know yeah several years ago um and I've been wanting to go back and rewatch it and so that's why we're here right now talking about it perfect time same with Lewis yeah I Um, literally just bought it in the July Criterion sale to nice. rewatch it again. Um, yeah, and I saw so. your note. Crazy thing. <laughs> City Lights, spine number 680, and Francis Ha is spine 681. Back to back. Yeah. How did that happen? This is now a chronological Criterion podcast. So <laughs> yeah. 682 next week, spine number. <laughs> um, That's crazy. It's yeah. It's like... There's film gods or something. Yeah, bizarre. Um, but yeah, this movie is directed by Noah Baumbach, written by Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig, um, as was Barbie. And, you know, this movie is great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it started the obsession that I have with both Baumbach and Gerwig when I first saw it, when it was released in 2012. You know, I've been following both of their careers pretty closely ever since 2012 you know it's been um this film is is a is a breath of fresh air it's light it's poignant it's funny it's you know sad in places it's um and it's under 90 minutes yeah that's the crazy thing too which is very yeah it's nice you know to get a film that can just know what it wants to say in an hour 25 get it said yeah. It, it still it feels very dense for 90 minutes. Mm. I mean, there's so many location changes and yeah. different characters popping in and out. 
that you only see for a scene and yeah um but it feels very much like real life in that way i think mm. yeah you know? i love it i love the the vignettes that we get to see you know they could all be unrelated and i would still really enjoy it i think i love just seeing her kind of going about her daily business and coming into contact with people and the conversations that they have and stuff yeah i mean it, greta gerwig makes the movie 100%. you know like if you know the the writing is is funny and fun and all the and it's shot interestingly and the music is good and all of that stuff yeah. but you know if you know if the main character isn't charming and likable and somebody that you're curious about yeah what her what she's going to say next or do next then this movie is not good yeah but you know and I she's think at awesome any at any point it could become annoying you know there's yeah it's there's the scene especially with the the um the girl that she knows from dancing that lets her kind of crash in her apartment for five weeks and the, she's like come on let's play fight and i was like <laughs> i think anybody else or you know the vast majority of people in that position you would be like oh no like this person is incredibly annoying yeah They're, you know it doesn't feel like a real person but yeah. it's handled so well with her. it feels so organic yeah it does it feels like yeah she's a real person yeah and i i assume that that's part of her personality too like it's got to be you know it's got to yeah. be not that I'm saying she's not a good actress, because I think she is, but mm. um, I think that this probably works on a personal level. I would, I, but that's just an assumption, you know. I don't know for yeah. sure, but I think that's probably part of uh, maybe what the collaboration between her and Noah Baumbach, why that worked so well, was because he was sensible to her acting ability and what came, <laughs> like what a good character she could play yeah in yeah. terms of this character definitely yeah um, um yeah i do love their collaborations after this they did mistress america which again she plays someone completely different um and is really great in that and then there's obviously um the barbie movie yeah which is perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um this this movie is interesting because it's I I don't know if it's it's it doesn't feel totally real like parts of it do but mm. it also feels kind of like heightened or satirical yeah. you know yeah. it's like it, you know the the scene with um her and her boyfriend in the beginning when <laughs> he's like trying to get her to move in with him yeah. and then. You know, all of that stuff felt like pretty real in terms of um, like this is probably what someone would say, but also a bit of an exaggeration. But yeah. done done in a way that it's believable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of the movie is like that, where it's like, okay, would this actually happen? It like they they I don't know. They somehow take something ridiculous and make it believable. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. I feel like that the whole movie is like that. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great point. I, yeah, the um, yeah the the um, you know just the the whole fact that she's moving across all these different places. You know, she books that trip to France on a whim. You know, it's very heightened. 
as to what people would actually do. Yeah. Um, but like you say, it just works. Yeah. So um, you had seen this before. When was when was the first time that you saw it? Do you remember? I don't really remember. No. Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about like about my feelings about it. Just that I kind of enjoyed it and it felt very artsy. I think. Um, I mean, I was a lot younger too, so I think it maybe just didn't impact me as much. I just remember yeah. liking it, you know. Yeah. But I couldn't remember much about it. I remember Gerwig being really great. Um. But yeah, that's about it. Mm. But uh. You know, I do, I do really like, I do really like this style of filmmaking where it's like, Me too. where it is kind of vignettes and like the camera work isn't overly, um, it's stylized, but not really, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. I guess the shots and the angles aren't stylized, but the, you know, the black and white is a very distinct choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like the costume designs and you know the the characters and everything are all very distinctive. Yeah, I think um, the choice to have Sophie wear like those glasses, like whoever found those glasses and then designed the lighting was like that was a stroke of genius. <laughs> yeah. You know, the shot, are you talking about the shot in the back of the cab, especially? Well, yeah, like that, That's and incredible. then you know, there's yeah. a bunch of shots where she's where she, you know the the, she'll turn a certain way and her, her glasses just mm-hmm. turn completely mm-hmm. white. Yeah. And it looks so cool. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I love all that stuff. Me too. Um, and yeah, I mean, just watching it, like, th- like the whole scenes where she goes home to visit her family in Sacramento and um, all the Christmas stuff. They, they're such short shots but they say so yeah. much in such a short amount of time. I'm, I, yeah. I'm. It's hard for me to imagine. Like, did it? Did did they just get these shots really quickly, and they were just perfect, or did he shoot so much stuff? Yeah, and have to cut out so that many works. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, I mean, there's just like a shot where she's like walking down the street during Christmas with her dad and she's like, why would mom give away all the tamales? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the shot. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably it, a little bit of both. I think there's probably like a lot of scenes that they left kind of on the courtroom floor, but with those being Goeg's like real life parents, I think that it's probably they just kind of tried to capture as much as possible, probably put them in situations and just kind of kept the camera rolling. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So that was her real parents, huh? So Mm. like that, I guess there was a lot of natural kind of home movie ish stuff going on. Yeah. 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 Cause I did read something with Gerwig that said that, you know, if, if they had extended it to the point she wanted there to be like more conversations about like what she's doing with her life and stuff like that, that they would have had to hire real actors but she just liked the feel of like the vignettes a little like the montage more. Yeah. It just yeah. worked better at that point in the film. That that brings up a good point back to Barbie at the end where there's the collage of all the home movies, like when when basically Barbie is becoming a real person and then yeah. you 
you get all these like home movie clips. I was like, I wonder who these people are and where these clips came from. You've but also to, it doesn't yeah. really matter in term in the context of the movie it doesn't doesn't matter as much. I'm sure it, it was like maybe a bunch of the actors or you know people involved in the movie. Yeah. Um but it it does work really well at the end of Barbie to kind of uh you know, it feels like you're seeing humanity on screen. You're seeing what a what what it is to be human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting parallel there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah the whole thing. It, it did. I think the black and white stuff plays into that as well. It kind of gives us that feeling of like memory, and the yeah, it's not quite reality. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, did did you enjoy the black and white? Was it something that I always love black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Good. like, yeah. It also makes it feel more artsy to me, you know, and independent, yeah. you know, and like, like I'm watching something at a film school. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm watching someone express themselves, themselves in a, in an art form. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like, uh, it's not, I know that I'm not being sold something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um which is nice. Like yeah. I love the I love that feeling. Um yeah, there was um it's it's weird cuz it just makes me I mean the reason that I got drawn to this in the first place when it was released was I read a lot of comparisons between it and and the films of Woody Allen. Um I mean uh, I do en- I really like the films of Woody Allen. So yeah. that, that was like the reason that I kind of went like tracked it down originally to watch it. Um and Baumbach was like, Yeah, this was like my it's kind of like an exorcism. I needed to get the Woody Allen inspiration like out. You know, I needed uh, to kind of because yeah. it would just keep bleeding into everything. Um so this was the way I wanted to do it. It was like, you know, a film that was set in New York. It's very, very New York. You yeah, know, let's let's make it in black and white. Yeah. Um, so that he could kind of exercise it and, and move on a little bit and grow and, you know, and still emulate someone that he is inspired by. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Just make his Woody Allen movie and yeah. move on. Exactly. Yeah. Just be, I think that's an interesting way to put it as well. Cause there's so many people. I mean, you look at like Brian De Palma, who Baumbach did a documentary on and his, Hitchcock, you know, obsession really. It just bleeds into so many of his movies. Yeah. And it's like maybe if he had just you know, what would have happened if he had just spent one film to get it out as much as possible, like get all these references they wanted and then like see where he went from there. Well, I feel like he kinda did that with body double. Yeah. But I guess he still had more to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kept coming back. Whereas Bamba was kinda like, Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, okay, well, with Bombac's other films, mm. do you f- do you feel like Bombac is now making bo- Noah Bombac movies, or you know, is like Marriage Story more of a Woody Allen movie? Or... I would say, yeah, I think he's kind of becoming his own person. I, I think 
especially since Francis, you know, he's he's gone off a bit creatively different. I think he's focusing on different characters than maybe would be presented here. Um, yeah, and yeah, he's definitely his own filmmaker in my eyes. I don't, you know, there's there's still the influ- influence there, and like, you can see, you know, especially in the comedy. I think there's a lot in common with the films of Woody Allen, but yeah, for the most part, he's just becoming his own person and he's staying true to what he wants to make as well, which is nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, What's his next thing? So he, he had recently, so he recently did white noise. Yeah. Uh, which I came still haven't watched it on Netflix. Um, I did see it. I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, I read the book and it, I don't know at the time I was like, I do not know how he's going to make this film. I think I talked to Zach about it because it just feels so unfilmable. Yeah. And that definitely comes across, you know, and it's all, but it's also a film that was born out of COVID. Right. And just kind of being like, okay, this feels relevant. I want to make this. Um, I'm not sure what he's making next. I don't know if he's still got his Netflix deal because I know that that was kind of what he was, you know, who he was in bed with, so to speak. Um, he did the Marowitz stories and then Marriage Story and then White Noise. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what he's working on next. Um, but I, I've been, yeah, most of the films that he made, that he has made, I've really enjoyed. So. Maybe he'll do Ken. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's also quite happy, like, just working with Going. You know, just yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. being that creative partner in her journey, you know, yeah. very rewarding, I'm sure. Um, I didn't know until I bought the Blu-ray that he also wrote Fantastic Mr. Fox and Life Aquatic with Wes Anderson. Oh, interesting. So he's kind, of, you know, yeah, these fingers in all these pies. Yeah, um, working with, I mean, two of them. I mean, I would class him. You know, with Anderson and Gerwig as well, but you know, it's like a trio of the most exciting American filmmakers. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, can you imagine a, what what would a Noah Noah Baumbach movie? Tell me, tell me the plot of a Noah Baumbach movie direct. Or yeah, uh, Ken movie directed by Noah Baumbach, starring Adam Driver. Oh my god, um, <laughs> this sounds like a fever dream. Um, <laughs> there would definitely be—I mean, it would be—you know—a lot of what am I doing? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I think building on the themes that are already in Barbie. Yeah. Like, where do I fit in? Who am I as a person? You know, can I be individual while still yeah. being a part of this? <laughs> You know, there's, I think, especially in the early part of the career with like Greenberg and, and Francis Affelbaum, there's a lot of people being at a crossroads and trying to find out who they are um, before it's too late kind of thing. It's like, yeah. a, you know, a clock ticking somewhere in the background. So it'd probably be something related to that if it was going to be a generic Baumbach film. Because Marriage Story, to an extent, is kind of like that. It's like these two people that are getting a divorce. And trying to kind of find their own way and become, you know, shake off this albatross that's around their neck now. 
Yeah. But, I mean, have you seen a lot of Baumbach's films, or is this kind of one of them? Uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen several. Yeah. Um, the Merowitz stories, which one was that? So that was with Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, and Dustin Hoffman, where Sandler and Stiller are like brothers, and Dustin Hoffman's their dad. Um, and they kind of I get don't know together if I, I did watch one with Stiller in it. I don't know if it was that one, though. Mm. Maybe, Maybe it's Greenberg. It yeah, I can't remember. I, I yeah. should go back and we'll watch them. I, I, I've seen Kicking and Screaming mm-hmm. and Marriage Story. Yeah, Marriage Story is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Kicking and Screaming was good. It, it, Kicking and Screaming reminded me a lot of like Linklater. Yeah, it has got a lot of those influences of just a lot of people kind of sitting around talking about growing up. Yeah, exactly, what yeah. their life is going to be. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be a yeah. good film director to do uh you know retrospective on because there's not too many films yeah it's not a huge filmography yeah um Um, yeah i do like that that part of francis ha that's like you know a lot of people speculating on what they're going to be and do yeah and then like you know sophie being like i'm leaving um patch yeah. Leaving him and then the next thing is like we got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at the end. Yeah. Patchy. What's <laughs> up, bruh? <laughs> uh, he's a nice guy for today. Yeah. Yeah. He's nice. I do like that moment in the car, you know, when he drives Francis back and then he's like, I like you, Francis. And she's like, I like you too, Patch. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's it's sweet. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've uh, found their common ground. Yeah. Um. I think what's most interesting about this is just the the fact that she doesn't have to be looking for like a sexual partner throughout the whole thing. It's yeah. like the least important thing in her life right now. Where there's so many films that are like, she's got a career, she's got a great family. Will she ever find love? You know, yeah, exactly. And that's kind yeah. of like that's all I need to be complete. And here it's like, no, actually, I need like friends and like a stable income and a place yeah. to live. Yeah, <laughs> I am glad that. Um, but it also like acknowledges that at the same mm. time, and it's it's like it's constantly there's constantly these male characters that are like, is it going to be him? Is it going to be him? Yeah. yeah, but it's like, but at the same time, the movie's like. It doesn't. No, Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, and this is. It's not, not gonna be anybody, bro. No. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, arguably, Benji is obviously the one that she's most compatible with. Yeah, and like, there's obviously not like, the flirting and stuff like that between. Well, not really. But flirting. it's not it's like, like at the end of the movie, you're not like, oh, she's definitely ending up yeah. with him now. Yeah, you know, like you don't yeah. know. No, yeah, she's just happy to have a friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's more between her and Sophie. It's kind of like a love story between those two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then at the end, they're shining. They are. Yeah. It's a lovely moment. Yeah. Um, life is finally I don't know together. that. I don't know that I actually like Sophie. I think she's kind of a... Flake. Not a good friend. Yeah, I know what you, you know? mean. Yeah. But, but on the flip I side, mean, you know... Francis is very dependent. Yeah. 
on her. It's her know. fault. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't go that far. But I think that, you know, to you know, she wants to stretch out. But it does come out of left field. It's very light. I'm very happy, and I think we're going to extend our lease. And then the next scene, Sophie's like, oh, I'm going to move in with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just not a ton of moments where she's, like, actually a good friend, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, even trying to think. Because it's... But it is also all from a certain point of view. You know, we're getting a yeah. certain point of view throughout like the Like you movie, said, it's but... heightened. Yeah, yeah. Like, we only see the scenes where she gets kind of irate with Sophie. Yeah. You know, there's the scene in the bathroom. There's the scene um, when she's trying to boil the water. And then it cuts and she's, like, yelling on the phone, like, we bought that together. Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff. But, yeah, she's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether Sophie is just, we're supposed to see her as a character that's growing up and kind of, you know, growing away from this friendship. And that maybe once Francis gets you know on that same trajectory they're going to come back together yeah to again. try to help her be more independent yeah kind of a thing yeah but yeah you're right she's not someone that i would be like yeah be really good friends with that person yeah i mean they're really good friends but i yeah. wouldn't i don't know if i would but I, you know it's at, like at the same time i'm like because like i mean a good friend would just like call you and be like how are you doing yeah by the way i'm moving to japan yeah exactly yeah like let me <laughs> yeah. tell you first like yeah i don't know this Not is before me... texting though yeah it is when she's like <laughs> why are you emailing all the time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you love your phone with email more than me oh no yeah wow look into the future which is kind of nice i think that watching it after like a few years of not watching it um it it's like a it encapsulates 2012 really well like yeah, the early exactly. teens, like Adam Driver's dressed like everybody, like every kind of cool kid at a high school dressed like Adam Driver yeah. in this film. Um, there's like the technology isn't quite there yet, but it's starting to catch your, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, and I thought this was like the coolest thing when I first saw it in 2012. Yeah. So relevant. Yeah. I was like, yeah. This is me. My favorite movie is Francis Ha, dude. <laughs> you don't even know about that film life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, were you just like blown away that uh, Adam Driver was cast as Kylo Ren? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I can remember because this was yeah, a few years, maybe one or two years away from Chelsea and I first getting together. And obviously Chelsea knew Adam Driver from Girls which a lot yeah. of people had their first meeting with him. You know, I had obviously seen this and then, um, is it When We're Young or While We're Young? Another Bound Bound film, I can never remember. But the one with Adam Driver and Ben Stiller. Um, so I was kind of like into Adam Driver in terms of like, he was a good actor, I like what he's doing, he should get more parts. And it blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to happen. You know, in, you yeah. know, when you're like watching someone, you're like, they deserve to have a really good part in a really big film that I'm going to love. And yeah. it's like, he's going to be in Star Wars. And I was like, it worked. I don't know what I did. 
I must have just prayed on the right day to the film gods, but yeah, it worked. Yeah, the, so so you had read about it before the movie came out? For Adam Driver being Kylo Ren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 I had no idea who he was until yeah. he took his mask off in, in the movie. Mm. And I still did, I, I didn't know who Adam Driver was. Yeah. So it was just like, who's this random person? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's a really good actor. I like him. He is. But yeah, yeah that was my first. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'd seen Francis Ha before this, but obviously didn't forget. Wasn't about aware. Him. Yeah, was, yeah. He's not the focal. You know, he's not the main. He's not even the main guy in this. Yeah, he's exactly. just kind of yeah. like a guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, even uh, even the guy that plays Benji, I've seen like he's in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Marvelous <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's really great in that. Um, but I didn't remember him being in Francis Ha, you know what I mean? No, exactly. And until yeah. I went back and watched it, and then I was like, oh. Arguably, from... even with like Mickey Sumner, I wouldn't be able to tell you that she's in it. I think that it's Gerwig's film the whole way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no one else in there that I'm like, oh yeah, that, they're in there. Apart from Adam Driver, that's because yeah. I'm a big fan of Adam Driver. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, she, it's just her all over. Yeah. Which. Which is great. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, she makes a movie. She does. What a star. <laughs> um, there's, a, yeah. there's a film that I think that you might appreciate with Greta Gerwig in it that I'd forgotten about until I was like doing research for this and looking through. Like her filmography called Maggie's Plan with her and Ethan Hawke. Okay. Um, it's kind of it's like a very indie like American film, but Ethan Hawke's in it and he's great, and Greta Gerwig's in it and she's great. And I think I'm just looking through now. It's got like Julianne Moore, Bill Hader, Maya Rudolph. Um, it's called what now, Maggie? What? Maggie's Plan. It looks like it's on HBO Max as well. I will check it out. I mean. Yeah. Ethan Hawke is amazing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'd completely forgotten that this film exists, so that might be a good thing or a bad thing. It might be like a rediscovery or it might be an absolute turkey. Disaster. But, yeah. But yeah, hey, I mean, those there. those are some big yeah. people Yeah, that she's acting with. Julianne Moore and Ethan Hawke. Mm. Bill Hader. Yeah. Maya Rudolph. <laughs> Wow, hmm. this um, is like man stuff like it, like stuff like this is so great to find. I know, yeah. You know, I it's like it, yeah. what this came out in twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like if this had come out now, it would be like I would be like, holy shit! I know. <laughs> it's like that All Bob these... Odenkirk film that you found. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? When did yeah. this exist? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, are you talking about Solomon and Solomon? I am. Yeah. Or the Solomon. Wait, Solomon is no the Solomon the brother Solomon. That's, that's what it. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely am. Yeah. <laughs> uh Will Arnett and Will Forte. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I'm gonna check this out. Yeah. I might watch it tonight. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to know what you I mean, I yeah. Well, I'll yeah, let me know what you think. <laughs> I will not let you know, actually. 
<laughs> we'll have to save it for next week when we do our trailer section. I'll just put my ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, there's so many great quotes in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that are just funny, random stuff. Like, mm-hmm. here's me with Jay Leno. Oh, he's such a dick. I know, but don't you love him? <laughs> he wasn't an al- alcoholic, but sometimes he would have twelve beers. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really like the um, that just because you're buying dinner doesn't mean I want to sleep with you. What? I'm being a, I'm being a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is obviously like because right after that he like tries to sleep. With yeah, him. yeah. Uh, She's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I love that moment because she just stands there. She's just like you. There's no. They don't say anything else. Yeah. But like oh, all Benji's over her. Home. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. all over her face. She's just like. She's like, I'm stupid. He's stupid. This is stupid. Yeah. yeah. Why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. I do like Benji. Um. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I, I is Greta Gerwig from Sacramento? She is. Okay. Because yeah. that's like where Lady Bird takes mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. and then there's the reference to it in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I like, and I think it happens to some of the best like authors in terms of like filmmakers is that these themes kind of keep coming around, but they don't feel stale. You know. Yeah. There's the fit, not that Sacramento is a theme, but there's the theme of like hometowns and yeah. like going home and, you know, I don't know, having sure. a, wanting to break out of it, but then being drawn back, you know, mother's relationships and trying to find your way. And yeah, that's all that over Barbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, and it's got, I mean, Mon Love by Bowie playing while she's like dancing through the streets. Is one of the great needle drop moments in my recent memory. Yeah, it's just like cool. I completely understand where her head's at. I know how she's feeling. This song kicks ass. It's perfect. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah, Francis Hart is great. Contrary to the movie's improvisational feel, the actors followed a very, very tightly written script with little to no deviation. See, that is yeah. crazy. It just feels improvised, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of conversations that feel like they were just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. Well, especially like some of the, some of the like more vignette type of things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I definitely, it definitely makes sense in terms of like the jokes. Cause like the Jay Leno thing, like that, you can't improvise that. Like, <laughs> that's, it's a funny joke, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there are some weird ones that I don't know if they land quite well. Like Sarah brought one up that she that she kind of bumped heads with, where she was just like, people, "Do people like actually talk like that?" Where like, um, Adam Driver character is character is leaving, and uh, she's like, "He leaves so quickly," and Benji's like, "Yeah, transportation is his thing." <laughs> she's like what I like, know. what is that like, <laughs> yeah. that's so dumb yeah. um, but uh, I mean I think it's kind of funny yeah but but yeah I mean there's there, like even and the tamale thing it's like that seems so improvised yeah 
It's just like one shot of her and her dad and her being like, why did mom get rid of the tomorrow? Yeah, the, the fleeting moment I really like is when she runs into the ATM, the first place, and she's like, where's your ATM? It's broken. It's not here. And she's like, okay, yeah. thanks, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and crazy. The, yeah. Just what? shows, I think, how good the script was. And it was kind of shot, like, very low budget, like, on the streets of New York. It wasn't, like, a proper, like, big crew. So when she's, like, running through the streets, it's, you know, they're actual people. Yeah. Well, see, that's the great thing about, I mean, I do think a lot of great films can come from improvisation Mm -hmm. and, like, in the moment. But, like, if you can write a good script and, like, really love it. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's going to come through when you shoot it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. And and they must have just had such a great time writing this together because the movie came out amazing. It did. Yeah. And the collaborations since have also come out amazing so yeah it's a it's a film partnership for the ages absolutely (laughs) (laughs) just like us that's it yeah agreed the the podcast partnership (laughs) for all time to end all podcast partnerships (laughs) (laughs) that's us we're in our uh Francis Hart period right now. That's right, baby. <laughs> Can't wait for that uh, Barbie period. <laughs> <laughs> really pink. <laughs> really pink and green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that Gerwig green. Gerwig green. Um, do you want to rate what we rated? Want to guess what we rated it on Letterboxd? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's got to be five, I think, yeah. for you. I think it's got to be five for you, too. I think, yeah, oh, I don't know. I think it's... I mean, I was actually kind of at a four the other day. Mm. I think it might be... I don't know. It is really, really good. Yeah. I rewatched it last night. And I think it is a five, honestly. It's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm like trying to think, like, what is is there something I don't like about it? Like, why yeah. would I rate it less? Yeah. I don't think there's anything. Because I watched it last night, and then I kind of watched, you know, parts of it again this morning. It just yeah. doesn't feel stale. I was still kind of laughing at the same jokes. Yeah. And I know that, yeah, I haven't seen it for a few years. Like, but I still feel like in a year, if I put it on, I'd still find it really funny and charming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's aging well. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe one of the first things I saw Greta Gerwig in was uh, the remake of Arthur. Oh dear, Russell Brand. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, she was trying to get that green at that point. I think. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Um, <laughs> is that movie bad? Like that's what I hear people say. I mean, yeah, I guess it's so. a remake, and apparently the old one is a classic. I've never seen it, but yeah, isn't it Michael Caine in the old one? I think. Oh, maybe. But yeah, it it doesn't look. I mean, Russell Brand. I feel when was it twenty eleven? Yeah, he was in his big phase, movie star phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I like Russell Brand. I know he's he's got a lot of controversy around him right now, but 
you know, as an yeah. actor, I like him, I like his stuff. Um, so sue me. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we watching next week so i'm starting something a little bit different um i'm gonna try and link the like the film that you chose to the film that i choose in like the most obscure way like when i'm watching the film the feeling i get or the people that it makes me think of because that happens all the time you watch films and it's like yeah oh i'm thinking of this film or i'm thinking of this actor and try and link it together and listening back to um, Zach and yours um, movies we hate shows, he mentioned one film that got me thinking. So this film, as I said earlier, Francis Hart makes me think a lot about the films of Woody Allen. Yeah. And a film from Woody Allen that I haven't seen, I know you haven't seen, is The Purple Rose of Cairo. Ah, nice. Heck yeah. So that is what we're going to be watching next week. Because I thought about choosing Manhattan... And then I was like, I think it's too similar. I think if I'm going to do this, it's going to be like removed even further. Than yeah, like yeah. Something that feels exactly the same. Um, and I I have a Woody Allen like box set of films. So I pulled it out and it says one of the best movies about movies ever made is the first line of Heck the blurb. Yeah. So as a podcast that loves movies and loves filmmaking as a whole, I think it'd be a good one to choose. So yeah, yeah Purple Rose perfect. of Cairo, 1985. That's what we're going to be watching next week. Awesome. And you said you have seen it? I haven't. It's going to be a first oh, okay. time watch for me, too. Heck yeah. So we haven't done Let's that for do a this. while. Right? Yeah. It's been a minute. All right. That'll be next week, y'all. But um, we'll see you then. That brings us to the end of the show. You can, of course, find us on social media at Film Church Radio. And you can follow uh, Lewis and I individually on our Letterboxd accounts. I am at Someone Scope, and Lewis is at Walker Lewis three zero zero seven. There, you can keep up with what we've been watching on a daily basis. We also have all of our back episodes streaming on um, Barbie's Back and all <laughs> good podcast platforms. Please leave us a rating and review so you can know. So if we know, if you like us. We need to know that. We do. Um, And let us know what you want us to watch in the future. Thank you for being here, and we hope to see you next Sunday for more film dojo. I forgot it already. Yeah. Mojo Dojo? Casa House. Casa House, yeah. Yes. More film Mojo Dojo Casa House radio. (laughs) 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 The only thing left to say is... I'm coming with you. Did you bring your rollerblades? I literally go nowhere without them. Bye, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Ken. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen.